Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now, your host, Lisa Kosky. Listeners, welcome back for part two with Dwayne Welch. We learned the five things out of the 10 in our first episode. Dwayne, can you tell us we're like, chomping at the bit because we love what we've heard so far and we love that it worked for you. What is the sixth thing that people need to do as they're following through the steps to meeting their match through science? I'm not even going by the structure of the book right now. These things are all in the book and they've got a lot of details and examples in the book. But you know, the next important thing is that once you've written this ad that should speak directly to the person and you remind yourself, it's not a numbers game. I just want to throw this in here. It's not even one of the steps. It's one of the things I've realized after 20 years of working with clients all over the world. And I do have clients all over the world. Everyone thinks it's a numbers game. They get told it's a numbers game. It is not. It's a knowledge game. Mm -hmm. What do you know? If you know the right stuff and you can apply it, then it becomes about interacting with very few carefully chosen people. I'm going to give you an example that one of my former clients has allowed me to use. So one of my former clients, we worked together and then she basically said, some of these things are too hard. I don't really want to do them. And, you know, I'll think about it. Maybe I'll get back with you. Then she reached out after I'd met Carrie and she wanted to see a picture and I showed her, by the way, Carrie is gorgeous. I mean, (laughs) facts. In addition to being absolutely gorgeous on the inside, he's empirically. And so she saw our picture and she goes, oh my gosh, okay, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you say. (laughs) So we resumed working together and she did something she had really resisted. Like she actually took the profile that we co-created and her pictures, which I took of her, some other people took them as well. Cause if somebody's local or if they're traveling distance and they, you know, are willing to engage me to do that, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But I also help crop people's pictures and stuff like that, which I can do long distance. We got all that together. And I said, okay, remember last time how you didn't want to show this to friends and family. And she said, yeah, I said, because you're embarrassed. And I told you that if you were looking for a job, you wouldn't be embarrassed to ask them, right. why is this different? Well, it feels like an admission of failure. People want to come to your wedding and say, I introduce them. Everyone wants this. Yes. Everyone wants this. This is giving your friends a chance to step up. Imagine if one of your friends or family asked you to do it. Would you think, oh, what a loser? Or would you think, yes, I get the chance to be the hero here. So tell me, Duena, her showing it to family and friends, what's that doing for her? Well, it's expanding a person's reach because effectively they have eyes and ears on the ground looking for someone who fits their ad. You're not going to share your list. You're going to share your photos that you posted online and you're going to share your ad, your profile that you posted online, which again is not about you. It's about the person you're looking for. And you're going to say to your friends, and my book goes into much more detail about exactly how to do this so that they will say yes. And so they'll take it seriously because there are ways to do this and ways not to do this. But you're going to say to your friends, you know, I really respect you. And I don't know if you know anyone single. It's fine if you don't. I'd still like to share with you a profile I wrote about the person I'm looking for and some photos of me. So if you know someone who knows someone who knows someone, okay, you don't even have to know the single person. I'm asking you to take these things so that if you hear about someone, 
or you meet somebody who works with a lot of single people, you give it to them that you share. I'm giving you permission to share this and All right, make I love sure it. that they can get in touch with me. So she also did the online thing. Mm-hmm. So the next step is actually put it online and actually send it out into the world. She put it online, but she also sent it to people that she knew. And one of the people that she sent it to was her son and her son. And she, this part you can do over text. Don't want you to do the right. list that way. But this part, you know, after she had the combo with him, you know, would you be willing to do this? I know this is a little awkward. I'm your mom. He said, sure. I'd love you to be happy, mom. Aw. Right. Don't your kids want you to be happy? Yes. Yeah. I'd love you to be happy, mom. This is a, a young adult, of course, and that you wouldn't do this with like your 10 year old. Right, right, right. But yeah, I'd love that. So he shared it with his girlfriend. His girlfriend shared it with her hairdresser. Her hairdresser shared it with her father, who's marrying my client over the age of 70. That's so crazy and, and crazy good. I started the last session saying the odds of getting remarried if you're a 50-year-old woman are only 15 out of 100. This client, this former client is over 70 and is having the best relationship of her entire life. You're selling yourself. You're just having the courage to do something a little uncomfortable and put yourself out there. Can I ask, I can't help it. I just have to ask a little bit for a little bit of advice on the pictures. And I know you don't, I can't go into great detail, but do you put a glamour shot on? No. What do you do for pictures? Glad you asked. If you put filters on, people know you put filters on. They think you don't look nearly that good. If you are inclined toward men, men value youth and beauty. Gay men value it. Bi men value it. Trans men value it. Actually, women who I self-identify as butch and lesbian value youth and beauty. And straight men value it. So if you want to attract one of those groups, I want you to take pictures that show you on a really good day, but not a glamour shot, not something with, with filters. And here's why. When you use filters, these other groups assume that you're not nearly as good looking as you're representing. Mm -hmm. They're not going to like you more when they meet you in person. They're going to be mad that you misled them. That is exactly what they're going to think. So you want real ones. Real. My pictures, I actually, I had cut my own hair during pandemic. I actually cut my own hair every week. I still, I remember that. And so I used to have, as you know, from my PR photo, which I still use because it's everywhere. It's on all my stuff, but I used to have these cascading waves of hair, right? And I'd cut them all off. And I thought about growing it out before I went and dated. And then I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I like my hair short and I'm going to find somebody who likes it short. Because I can. You Mm -hmm. can. You don't have to. You don't have to be a different person. You don't have to change your look radically. But what you do have to do is be clean. It's amazing how many people don't get that part. Your person needs to be clean. You you need to represent yourself as as clean. You need to have no clutter in the background. Okay. Do not pick the cute picture of yourself with the laundry behind you. No. (laughs) You can take it with an iPhone. Make sure you're smiling. Make sure the first two to three photos of yourself are headshots where you're smiling directly into the lens. The reason being that our lizard brains, our inherited evolutionary brains that developed before there was language, think that a smile means interest and friendliness, especially males think that. So 
just like that will draw somebody from across a crowded room and makes you more appealing. Also, if you are into men, again, whether you're a gay man or anybody who likes men, anybody who likes men, if you're into men, if you want a real relationship, look, anyone can hit it and quit it. Anybody can make that happen. Absolutely anyone can make that happen. But if you want a real relationship, right. that takes some doing. So that's who my clients are. There are people, because I have people say, well, you know, couldn't you just do something different and get sex easily? Well, of course you could, but that's not who I work with. So if you want a real relationship and you want a man, you want those first couple of pictures to be headshots for a very simple reason, which is there's a phenomenon where men who are in short-term mating mode want to look at bodies, not faces. And men who oh. are in long-term mating mode want to look at faces more than bodies if they have to choose. This mm -hmm. is research out of Dr. David Butts' evolutionary psychology lab at UT Austin from a few years ago. And so, you know, if you've got a rockin' bod, here's what I don't want you to do. I do not want you to wear clothes that are overly tight, overly short. This is no matter who you're looking for, male or female. If you're a dude, don't be shirtless. I don't care if you've got a six pack, let her find it out or let him find it out okay. later. Later, <laughs> not now. And here's why. Other research shows that when you present yourself, the clothing that you have is extremely tight or very revealing or all of the above. What people think is, oh, they'll have sex with anyone. They're on the prowl. Keep in mind, if you're on the prowl, that's fine. But if you're watching this, probably you're looking for a long-term relationship. Right. Long-term people, the best partners, will not respond to that. You, you'll get a lot more responses, but remember, dating isn't... Yeah, that's not... Yes. It's not a numbers game. Yeah, it's it's a knowledge game. I'm telling you, this is this is the knowledge you need. Make sure that your picture is kind of you on a good day, but not your best possible day. I want when you show up to this date, and it should picture shouldn't be older than six months. Okay. I know that you think you look like you did five years ago, but <laughs> other people don't think that. I wish that I looked like I did five years ago, but honestly, empirically, I just don't. So, right. so. By the way, that's a great argument for accepting and loving how you look right this minute. In five years, you'll think how cute you were. You may well I know, <laughs> exactly. You, you may as well think you're cute right now. <laughs> Instead of waiting five years to do it. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, the pictures I posted myself were, I showed them to my grown son and I said, here's the array of photos, Take it all taken with my cousin's iPhone. It was during pandemic. She took some that were close in, some that were further away. And the really close ones I took myself because it was pandemic. You had to do that. Right. And there was no vaccine yet. You know, this is, this is December of 2020 that I'm taking these, having these mm -hmm. pictures. Taken. And I said, son, I only want you to select pictures that you think are less physically appealing than I am. Really? Well, if a man is good with that, he's going to be great with how you look in real life. Be so, so excited and surprised. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't pick, you know, horrible pictures, but I didn't pick the ones that were like, yeah, on the right day at the right angle with exactly the right light, light this is what you could have. I picked the ones <laughs> that look, the way that I look. Right. I didn't do anything special with my hair. I wore, I love hiking. So all my pictures were hiking. Oh, uh. And that's youthful. Yes. Oh, pro tip, put the word fun in your ad at least twice. It makes everybody think you're young, even if you're not. All right. Oh, this is such good information. 
All right. Are we going through the steps? Like I think we did. Did we do six steps? Well, we're not really following the exact steps. Okay. You're just giving me. We we had been talking about, you know, dating advice. So I'm just kind of going through. If you were only going to get some dating advice, this would be some of the most important dating advice. So the next thing I'm going to tell you is after you've got your pictures and your profile, but before you go online, I'd like you to psychologically prepare yourself. Because if you've done this the way that I teach people to do it, the way that my book teaches you to do it, the way that I teach my clients to do it, you're going to have your best shot in the first 30 days of running that ad anywhere. That's when the algorithm pushes you the hardest. That's when your friends and family are likely to push this the hardest. So I don't want the right person to approach and you're thinking, oh, I don't know what to do now. Right. Get your head in the game. And one of the ways to do that is know your must-haves backward and forward and know how you're going to assess them. That list is indispensable. If you try this without a list, you're going to get predictably terrible results most of the time. Do this with a list. And so then you can say to yourself, I'll just go to my list here. Is he kind? That's a must-have. Should be on everybody's list. Mm -hmm. Is he kind? Well, how would I assess that? Ah, I know what I would do. I would ask him, if your ex were here right now, what would she say was the reason for your divorce? And then I'm going to listen really carefully, not only to what he says, because that can give me some really good insight into who he is and whether it'll work for me. Most people will give you a very different answer to what would other people say, what your ex say, as opposed to what would you say. Going to get it. It's a different reason. So you can ask that question. So you listen for not only what they say, how do they say it? Do they say something like, well, you know, we just turned out to marry having very different values. We were super young and it turned out that I had, you know, I really believe very strongly in these things and she really believed very strongly in these other things. And those things were deal breakers. And we just really didn't know that when we were 20 or however years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. Notice that that answer doesn't malign the ex's character. That's a kind right. answer. Right. Let's say the answer is a harder answer. Let's say the answer is, well, you know, we were married for about three years. It turned out that she had been having affairs since the time I first met her. I didn't know this. I tried to work it out with her, but ultimately she chose to continue in that. That's also a kind answer. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. A kind, that's, that's a kind answer. Here's what it isn't. It's not mean-spirited. A mean-spirited answer would call her name and denigrate who she is. Right. Here's the thing. Look, you know that when this person was going through the divorce from the person who cheated on them left, right, and center, you know that they've thought about calling that person a name a few times that they haven't actually done it. But they better not show that to you the first several months that you know them. Because if someone will right out the gate show you any unkindness or mean-spiritedness to absolutely anyone, I don't care who it is, anyone, your life's going to be hard if you pick them. People show us the best they're capable of up front. Whatever you ask them to assess kindness, they need to answer it very kindly. And if they don't, move on. Okay. And now I'm thinking too, because I haven't done this. I haven't been through this. So are you finding out your must-haves before you actually go on a date through talking to them? Or are some of them you're going to learn as you date? Yes. Okay. Yes. So for example, the, you know, if your ex were on this call with us, how would they say the divorce went down or what would they say was the 
because you can say that on a phone call. Right. You can. But you, so you can do it on the phone or when you're with, sitting with them, you're still assessing all of that during your first several days. You will be assessing things until you're sure that this person is right for okay. you. But I encourage you to do it before you're even on a call. Okay. I, I encourage you to, again, this is the process and we don't have that many hours to go mm -hmm. into the whole process. But, I know. But I want you to look at people's profiles, compare them to your must-haves. If they have a straight up and down deal breaker on their profile, yeah. like you don't you won't be with a smoker and they are a smoker or you don't want to be with somebody who uh, is, I don't know, some particular religion or not a religion at all. That's the deal breaker for you. And you see that they say something that doesn't work for you. Come on. Don't think, well, maybe I could get past it. No, you've been divorced. Don't mm -hmm. continue telling yourself this. You're not going to get past it. That's why it's a deal breaker. That's why it's on right. your must have. In that case, if they reached out to you, you can say to them, and I encourage you to say it, don't be rude. Part of getting someone kind of respectful is being kind and respectful. You can say, you know, I really appreciate that you reached out to me. I looked at your profile and it seems like you're a really exciting, wonderful person. And at the same time, I don't think there's enough of a match, but I wish you well on your search. Put it in a document online, cut and paste it, drop it in to anybody, you know, but right. if you were thinking of reaching out, just don't reach out. Okay. Let's say though, that it's nebulous. Let's say that they don't say anything about their drinking. They didn't answer that question. Or it's an app where they only let you give like five adjectives to describe your entire soul. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to need to ask them detailed questions. Right. And you should be asking that from the moment you begin contact. Hey, so-and-so, I really like X and Y about your profile. I noticed that you didn't. So here's what I actually said to people. Hey, I really like X and Y about your profile. I noticed that you didn't really answer about how much you drink or it actually the site we were on. I said, this site really doesn't give detailed information about how often people drink. I'm casting, the, the casting agent will be casting for someone who is relatively alcohol-free. Can you tell us more about your fit with this role? I, I stayed in character mm -hmm. and, you know, I would get lots of different answers to that. If you get an answer that doesn't work, politely say, oh, I, that, that makes me sad. You know, you've got so much good that's going on, but unfortunately that's not going to be something that can work for me. I wish you very well in your right. search. Or thank you for being honest. I mean, yeah, thanks for being honest. I wish you well in your search or whatever. Be nice. Okay? <laughs> be nice. But, but end it. At the first moment, okay, another example. Okay, so you know I have a PhD and I live in a pretty small place. So here I am. I didn't know you lived in a small place, but I, I knew you had a PhD. <laughs> I do. I live in a pretty small place. I have a PhD. The world is not full of men who are looking for women in their 50s with PhDs, especially in my town. <laughs> so this guy writes to me, and I mean on paper, this is amazing. But there are a couple things where, you know, he actually even downloaded my book and read like 60% of it before he called me. It was great. Lived a mile away, owns his own business, loves women who are accomplished, had a PhD himself. What's kind, respectful, what's not to like here? Okay, so I want you to ask questions 
instead of doing what everybody does, which gets them in a lot of trouble, which is looking for reasons to like and fall in love with the person, look for reasons why it won't work. Be upbeat, but ask the hard questions. So I said, wow, you seem like we got like a few minutes in the conversation. I said, you seem like an amazing person. I'm so excited to meet, you know, somebody else who has a similar education level and is interested in some of the same things and you're really fun to talk to. And so that makes me not want to get to like you a whole lot more if we're not a match. Like I'm not interested in getting super invested if we're not a match. So I need to ask you some tough questions. Put it out there. Why are you why are you afraid to put it out there? I promise you the reason isn't good. Right. I promise you it's low self-esteem mm-hmm. or you feel like you're not worth it or you think this is the last possible person in the whole world who might be a good match for you. I'm not going to ask you to feel differently about that. I'm just going to ask you to change your behavior. Remember the last podcast where I said I don't ask people mm-hmm. to change their attitudes, just their behavior. That's you to change your behavior. So I said that and he said, well, like, like what kind of questions? And I said, well, for example, I noticed right before the call that you list that you're politically moderate. I'm extremely liberal. Like you could probably look at a, a stereotype of what liberals think. And I probably think it. So I'm wondering what's an area where I might think something that you might think something different. Right. I'm not looking for reasons to get along here. I'm looking for reasons why we're going to divorce someday. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't want another divorce. Yeah. Okay. So he said, huh, well, now I'm really, really socially liberal. I'm pretty fiscally liberal. I guess the big thing is guns. I carry a gun with me everywhere I go. And I go, oh, and he said, oh, that's not a deal breaker, is it? And I said, do you know how tempting it was? Keep in mind, I live in a small place. He's got a PhD. He lives one mile away. He's cute. (laughs) He's real cute. Right? One mile away. Super cute interesting to talk to. And I let him go. I said, and I let him go because I had done the work on the list, which Mm -hmm. I want you to do, do the work on the list. I'd done the work on the list. I knew what my must have. And I knew that that wasn't going to work for me. It just wasn't. And by the way, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying he's wrong to carry a gun with him everywhere he goes. I'm I'm saying it's not going to work for me. That's a very different thing than being Mm -hmm. judgmental of who he is as a human. I think he's an amazing man. But he's not my man. Yeah. You know, I really hope, I don't know, but I really hope he's found the right one because he is an amazing person. I hope he's found a a delightful partner for him. But it wasn't going to be me. Right. So he said, well, I guess I could just not carry it when we go out. And I Mm -hmm. said, you know, that is so kind of you, but I just know myself really well. And it's just not going to work for me. It's just, that's really pulls apart on an issue that's so important to me that I actually stopped being a professor in Texas and moved to a different state over this issue. Wow. It's a very important issue to me. So I'm not saying it should be an important issue to everybody watching this. And you may feel mm-hmm. exactly the opposite for me. And I'm not saying you're wrong. What I am right. saying is it wouldn't work for me. I acknowledge that. And I didn't go on a date with this man who's a good man. When people tell me I'm lucky to be with Carrie, they're right. I'm lucky to be with Carrie, but it's not just luck. I said no to the wrong man that I met three days in. Right. And that's so easy to glom on and do that. And Dr. Duena, I we're like heading to the end now of our second episode. And I love your stories. I feel like I could sit and listen to you for hours on end. And I really think I'm so grateful to know you and to be able to share this with people. I, and I have people in my head 
that I'm thinking of that, oh, for sure they need to do the 15-minute free consultation with you. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before the Saddle Up segment and this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my Parenting Plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective, and it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. In today's Saddle Up segment, I'm going to share with you what I think was most important about this two-part series with Dr. Duena Welch, the love doctor. This is what has hit me over this two-part series. Number one, you are meant to be loved. Have the courage to find that love. And I think that Dr. Duena gives us the tools on how to find that love. So I just feel like this has been such an impactful tool, helping people to know that they deserve love and how they can go about finding the person, crafting their bio for a dating app, giving tips on how to take a better picture and how to find that person and really getting down and dirty on what you're really looking for and calling out to that person. So I just am so thankful. I found these episodes amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.